Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Okay, so our show for this week is Degrassi. The next class. Not the next generation. And it's the reboot, reimagining new version of Degrassi Junior High. And that's about all either of us knows about it. Yeah, I I didn't even know it was junior high. I thought it was high school. Oh. Or is it a high school? Oh. We will find Maybe out. Maybe I'm wrong. I think the original show was called Degrassi Junior High. Ah. I think. But maybe that means a different thing in Canada. It's a Canadian show. I'm learning so much already. <laughs> you didn't know it was a Canadian show either? No. Oh my gosh. Apparently, I am like a Degrassi scholar compared to you. I, yeah, well, I'm ready to learn. Yeah, the original show was on in the 80s, mm-hmm. maybe into the early 90s. Um, the most I know about the old show is because the band Skank and Pickle had a song called Girl Named Spike, which is all about like the punk character... There was a girl named Spike on the grassy high. She had a baby when she was real young. These are the things that I know about the show. They're from the lyrics of that song. So anyway, apparently in, I want to say 2001, 2002, we uh-huh. didn't actually look this up. Uh, they rebooted it uh-huh. with a new, totally new class. Just the same sort of right. thing. And I think it's very soapy, very lots of drama. Uh-huh. Um, lots of people, you know, cheating on each other and then people getting pregnant. Oh, wow. Things like that. Lots of that kind of drama. It's like Game of Thrones. Yeah. And all I know, (laughs) Game of Thrones in a Canadian junior high. All I know about the new show Uh is that Drake was on it. Okay. The musician. Oh, yes. And I know that uh, a guy I met named Ephraim was on it. Uh Uh-huh. And that he infamously shoots Drake. What? On the show. Probably not in the pilot. This comes much later. We All won't right. get to see this, but... All right. There was a... I did not know this. I knew he was on Degrassi because I met him in like 2002, 2003 uh-huh. when I was visiting friends in Toronto and they were friends with him and we were at the same New Year's party. I want to say it was New Year's 2003. And they were like, oh yeah, he's on Degrassi. He's like a big deal. And he's like, oh guys. And then uh, I saw someone posted some picture. There was like a meme of this woman being, she was being a total jerk and she looks like this actor. And so someone's like, oh, are you st-? like, like I, there was someone where some, a thing where somebody reblogged the picture of uh-huh. her and said, but why did you shoot Drake though? And then they showed a screen cap of that scene. And I was like, oh shit, that's Ephraim. She does look like him. Wow. Apparently he shot Drake, big deal. So now when people bring up Degrassi, I go, hey, I have a party with the guy who shot Drake. <laughs> That's my thing. That's my claim to fame. Well, now you're actually going to know why. Maybe. I don't even know if he's... He could not... He could be someone who comes later to the show. I honestly don't know. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very excited to see what this uh, nonsense is like. Oh, also one time uh, somebody that I know from Toronto sent me a YouTube video too. You know how people do fan vids uh-huh. where they'll do like a music video? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's all about their ship. So right. they'll find every moment from a show where two characters touch or look at each other right. or, or in the same room and they'll put them together. And apparently there is a fan out there who ships this guy, Ephraim's character. Uh-huh. I don't even know his character's name. And some other girl. And they were in very few scenes together. So like it's very, it's a, just, you could feel watching the video like you had to work really hard to get oh. enough footage to fit a, like a three minute pop song, didn't you? I'm so sorry that your ship never sailed. 
Oh. I wish I knew. I probably won't even recognize the girl if I see her in the episode, but we'll find out. All right. That's well, it. Let's uh, go watch Degrassi, the next class. Let's do it. And let's hope it's better than Saved by the Bell, the new class. Because that was, oh, no, it's bad. Real bad. Let us never speak of it again. It's time for alcohol on the podcast. <laughs> we just watched Degrassi. It was not what we expected. No, so sir. we're cracking open some cold ones on the podcast. And hopefully we'll get through this alive. Uh, ladies and gentlefolks. This show was not only not what we expected in a general sense, it was literally a different show than I thought. That is going to go down in history, possibly, as the most misinformed what we know segment of the show ever, because I literally did not know there was a new Degrassi show. It's strange I didn't know enough about Degrassi to know that there was something wrong when he watched it first. Oh, I knew there was something wrong. Here's the thing, friends. Turns out there have been four different shows in the Degrassi series. I looked it up because the second I started this show, I went, wait, hold on. This is the wrong show. I'm watching the wrong thing. Paused it, looked it up. The original show was called The Kids of Degrassi Street, and it was only like 10 episodes. It started out as a series of TV movies or something. Then there was Degrassi Junior High, then Degrassi The Next Generation, which eventually became just Degrassi and ran for 14 seasons. And that is the show I actually thought we were going to watch. But there's a new show that is in its fourth season now and is actually a Netflix original series. And this new show, some of the characters were spun off out of seasons 12 through 14 of the previous Degrassi show. Yes. Lord. Okay, wait, before we get any further into it, we need to break into these drinks. Let's let's, let's open up some cold beverages. Beautiful soda commercial sound. Um, I am drinking a Sophia Blanc de Blanc. It's it's a champagne in a little pink can, and I have to get my little straw out of the plastic because it comes with a little straw, you guys. A bendy straw. <laughs> All right, cheers. Cheers. I am drinking a Rainier beer. <laughs> Local reference. We definitely need alcohol for this episode, you guys. Unfortunately, this was a completely different show than I was expecting. And I gotta say, incredibly disappointed. If I had known what we were going to watch, maybe I wouldn't have been quite as disappointed straight from the get-go. I still think I would have hated it. (laughs) But I thought we were going to watch this thing from, like, the early aughts. And we were going to have some fun, like... Oh, this is so dated moment. We're going to have some, like, like, bleach tips and some... Yeah, yeah. and I thought I was going to see this guy I met at a New Year's party in Toronto one time. And I thought we were going to get to see Baby Drake, even though I don't know if either of them were in the pilot of Degrassi Next Generation, because I didn't know it ran for 14 ding-dang seasons. That's a long time. Yeah, take that. But this... X-Files. Yeah, this show started a mere... Apparently four years ago, it feels like this year. It is so current. It's, like, painfully... Like, oh, I don't know. It just, it felt like they were trying to be Glee, basically. And how long has Glee, Glee been going? I guess Glee's been going for like six or seven years now, yeah, right? A frighteningly long time. Yeah. It really did feel like in many ways they were like, oh, Degrassi but Glee. And I hated it. Strangely, did you also hate it? <laughs> initial I, hot take verdict? My, my, my initial hot take was there were a couple things in it I really liked. Like stuff I thought was fun. Stuff that I was unexpected for me. 
But my initial like hot take is, I'm getting too old for this shit. And I, I feel bad that I feel that way, that I'm not, like, hip to it. But also, I don't know who this is, like, meant for. I, yeah. I read, like, a little bit about it on Wikipedia after watching it. Because I wanted to find out what the characters' names were just to be able to talk a little more cogently about it. And it said that it was, it was strongly targeted at Generation Z. Or, sorry, Z. Generation Z. <laughs> who are apparently the 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 generation after the millennials right yeah because people keep referring to teenagers as millennials but like millennials it's already like yeah. people who are teenagers right now are the next one after yeah. millennials like, the by sequel the, by the time <laughs> millennials the next class <laughs> oh petition for that to be the name instead of generation z guys millennials the next class Get it out there. Hashtag millennials the next class. Is that too long for a hashtag? No. You could make you could uh, 180 characters. I know work. I know that we make hashtag jokes a lot, but that this time it was a reference to this dumb show. Which well, keeps... yeah, all the titles of episodes, at least of the first season of this show, are all hashtags. Are all hashtags. Oh, no. No. You guys. Oh, boy. Also, I just want to say, this was our first a show that we watched at the request of a listener. And Simone, I love you. And I'm so sorry. I know you like this show. I am about to tear it the fuck apart. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. All right. Are we ready to get Deep into breaths. this? Deep breaths. Deep breaths. All right. Intercom. Okay. Hopefully we'll get through this alive. Degrassi, next class. Episode one. Title of the episode is Hashtag Booty Call. Oh boy. Um, spoiler alert, no booty calls in this episode. I it was a reference to something else, but it's like there was no actual booty call. Why do you know what I think that word does I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> Writers of the show who are kind of in their late thirties and have no idea how to write teenagers. Yeah, I, I I was I would like to meet the writers of this show. Okay. Uh we open on the uh a little a montage. We open on a little montage of kids getting ready for the first day of school with a voiceover talking about the first day of school and how exciting it is and whatever. And there's a, the very first line of the show is a reference to a Drake song. Wink. Remember how Drake used to be on this show kind of, but the old version? And now we're going to reference him. So now Drake is two people in the Degrassi universe. I don't know if there's a canon, a Degrassi verse canon. I know it's always the, supposed to be the same school. Yeah. Degrassi community well, the, school. The, 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 the actor, actress, the person who plays the principal on this version, version of Degrassi, who's a fun, fun fact for you, uh, was previously a student on the like original Degrassi. Oh, really? That's kind of In the fun. Degrassi TV movie in 1990, Degrassi schools out. Uh, this actor became the first person to utter the word "fuck" on Canadian television. So breaking a lot of barriers Sir, there, Degrassi. Let's take a moment to salute this actor, Stefan Brogren. We salute you. Mm. I I saluted so hard I had to. That was good. Doing the holy. We start with the Drakes, a reference to that we started from the bottom and now we hear, which even I would have known that was a Drake song, even if they hadn't literally said, you know that Drake song? (laughs) They say his name. Anyway, it was just so on the nose. So 
We've got this little voiceover talking about how it's exciting. The start of a fresh school year could mean anything or whatever, which the voiceover leads us to two characters who I initially started the episode referring to as Blondie and Dumb Hunk. <laughs> I want to establish, uh, just in case there are any listeners who've seen the show but don't know who I'm referring to, they are apparently Zig and Maya, but I am going to refer to them as uh Blondie and Dumb Hunk mostly in my notes because it's like I when I when I got a hold of you after I had watched it before you watched it and I said I'm so sorry I did not get anybody's character name yeah. at all and I thought oh that's fine when I go through I'll make a point of noting everyone's names but you guys there are a million characters in this show and they don't go out of their way to say their names there's there's not a lot of pilot talk going on yeah if if you're doing a pilot and you have that many characters you gotta go out of your way to say people's names at least everyone looked pretty distinctive so i wasn't confusing any two characters yeah everyone was very clearly their own little type so points on that so we go to blondie and dumb hunk uh she wants to talk about her life and her her dreams for the future he just wants to make out so already we have super cliche dumb hunk who's like but we could smooch her she literally gives this little inspiring speech about being a young adult finding yourself and beginning your path to adulthood his response to this is literally the line you have pretty lips what first of all you got a pretty mouth is like a cliche gross thing to say to someone second of all it had nothing to do with what she was talking about he didn't try to connect it in any way. He just said, you have pretty lips. And she goes, I, and they kiss. I haven't been listening to anything you said. I'm literally just watching your mouth thinking about how I want to, I'm not going to finish the end of that sentence. <laughs> they are children. <laughs> anyway, then they start making out. And I was uncomfortable how sexual the scene was right off the bat. I'm like, how old are they supposed to be? Are they supposed to be seniors? She keeps, no, they're like... Yeah, she's talking about it's the first day of school, like it's the first day of high school. Yeah, or I think maybe they're sophomores? I, I couldn't tell. Some of the characters were established. They did call someone... They did reference yeah, a niner at a one niner. point. A niner. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> like make a... out with some niner or something like that. And I'm like, oh, Canada. This is me in grade nine, baby. This is me in grade nine. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so they're making out, and then some kids catch them. And they're, and like, embarrassed? They're embarrassed. Honestly, in that moment, I got, I panicked. Kind of panicked in a, I don't know what's happening in the show way, not in a, like, real yeah. way. I went, oh, are they supposed to be teachers? Because the kids, like, walk in on them and they're, like, <gasps> shocked. And one of the kids goes, I love high school. And it's, like, they, they are so embarrassed at being caught making out. And I'm, like. Yeah. In my recollection. Now, I never got caught. Get. In high school, I never got caught making out with anybody because I didn't make out with anybody in high school. Uh, but I feel like if you caught somebody making out, you'd be like, oh, excuse me, and leave the room. You wouldn't be like, oh, my God, what? You know, you'd just yeah. be like, oh, sorry. And also, like, the level of embarrassment if, that they register is odd because, like, yeah. I feel like in high school, I did make out with people in high school, learning so much about each other. <sighs> um Brag about it, why don't you? I'm not, I'm not, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound braggadocious it's about fine. it. But just in general, my memory of making out in high school, mine and other people's, was that like, if other kids caught you, it was like, what? You were like, yeah, that's right. We're yeah. making out. You wouldn't be embarrassed. Like, no. oh no, somebody saw us kissing. Oh, they might like... tell. And it wasn't like they might tell. It was just like they saw us. Yeah. In our most private, making like, out on top of a piano in the music room. <laughs> 
Yeah, the way that the actors were playing the scene was not like an awkward high school kiss. It was like just their body language was super sexual. And I was like, and like the camera panned back so you could see their body language. It wasn't a close up on just their faces kissing. Like she's like arching towards him. I was like, I am immediately uncomfortable with how sexual this scene is. Because I'm like, I don't know how young these kids are supposed to be. It was very confusing. So then... Uh, we go to the opening credits, which is made up entirely of selfies because haha millennials are haha Gen Z, Z I or guess. The I generation. Haha, the next class. I don't know. Can we just start calling them the next class? I really the want that. The next class, sure. Yeah, that's the name of the new generation. So yeah, haha, because they're young people, so selfies. Selfies and hashtags and tweets and like text yeah. message bubbles going with yeah, like people it's typing all very, like, LOL. The kids these days with their selfies and their text messaging which is very millennial not necessarily very uh gen whatever although i feel like they did get it right that the only social media they mentioned in the episode was like a fake instagram which i do feel like it's supposedly like the teens are more into that and less into facebook or something i don't yeah i don't know about teens you guys I'm 35 years old. There's a lot of people sort of like under 20 now who aren't interested in Facebook, aren't interested in Twitter or anything. They're on like, you know, a Ken Ken or something that none yeah, of us have even heard of. Heard of. Right. It's like it's, there's always some new thing and it, it probably varies by school and it kind of spreads sort of like how Facebook spread for our generation where it was just like, like within two years, suddenly everybody had it. Yeah. At least everybody that we knew. Well, it's an, it's insane to think about how quickly we went from Friendster to MySpace to Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then how long we've we, Facebook has been the dominant thing. So, uh, right after the opening credits, we go to the next scene, which is in chemistry class. The very first line of the scene is the teacher saying, and that was your first chemistry class of the year. Like, oh, thanks for the recap, Ms. Expositionberg. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first bit of pilot talk we've had. Yeah, but also, like, not a, thing, a human would say at the end of a class anyway. <laughs> and then, um... Bleed Stripe, uh, his, his name is Tiny, mm-hmm. but I, again, I mentioned that I could not remember any names, so having the, also the identifying <laughs> factors in these notes is really very helps. helpful. Yeah, so Bleach Stripe, he has uh, like a weird, he's got like a, a, a visual mohawk, his hair seems to all be the same length, but he's got a stripe down yeah. the middle of his head that's bleached, which makes him look like a skunk, if anything. He, uh, he raises his hand and asks the teacher if they will be covering Heisenberg this year. And she says, no, sorry, you'll have to wait for grade 12. Like, I... Like, I'm sorry, you guys can't see, but I'm making the jerk-off motion. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, you're gonna put a cat in a box. Like, that, like, I feel like teenage boys would be interested in that, but it's played like he's really smart for wanting to hear about that. Yeah, uh, the show clearly wanted to make him look extra smart. He just looked like an extra, like, pretentious teenage boy to me. Excuse me, teacher, we'll be covering this thing I know very well is above our, you know, grade, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's just like the, the I, I, I'm not going to lie, when I was in grade 11, I was really into the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle too. but it's just <laughs> like, those poor cats, moving <laughs> poor on. Cats. Moving on. Um, so, uh, a girl in a pink sweater... Her name is Shay. Shay. I had to look up her name specifically because I kept referring to everyone by some characteristic of theirs. And I I am blaming the show for this. Her only characteristic is that she's kind of smart and she's black. Like she, her pers- she doesn't have any clear personality that comes out right off the bat. And she doesn't have any visual cues. She doesn't have a weird colored hair or she doesn't have a specific, she kind of dresses preppy, but you can't really necessarily yeah. tell that right off in that first scene. And I was like, 
well, I'll be damned if this show makes me refer to her as black girl. So yeah. I pointedly, I refer to her as pink or, sweater in the first scene, but then she changes clothes. So I'm like, I started calling her the only black girl in this school. Obgits, I think was the abbreviation. And then I went, Obgits? <laughs> and then I went, you know what? I'm not giving Degrassi the satisfaction, but I do have to address this whole episode. There are only two black characters and they are become involved. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's like, really Degrassi? It's, it's the new, it's not just the new millennium, it's the, oh, it's the teens, come on. Anyway. So, so Shay Shay. approaches Tiny and she's like, wow, you're smart. And he says something like, what, are you surprised that I'm smart because I'm black? And she gets awkward. And goes, no, not at all. And then he smiles and she realizes, oh, he was making a joke because we're both black. That doesn't, that seems like a joke that a, a black person would tell another black person if their lines were being written by a white person. Yep. Exactly. She reacts like a white person. I feel, I mean, okay. Strangely and I are both white. I I sometimes refer myself as white passing because I'm Jewish and it's a complicated identity, but like we are, we are treated by the unit, by the world generally as if we are both white. I I go to Iceland and people are mad at me that I don't speak Icelandic. Like we are, white is the driven snow. So so that disclaimer aside, I feel like if a, two black people were talking and one person said, wow, you're smarter than I expected you to be. And the other one said like, oh, because I'm black, they would be like, ha ha, yeah, that's the thing people think about us. It's like, they would get it immediately. They wouldn't go, oh no, God, I didn't, oh, <laughs> I forgot I was black for a minute. I just, <laughs> I mean, please, if anybody listening to this episode is black and wants to like chime in on this subject, I would really I- love to hear your thoughts about it because- it, it definitely read to both of us like, oh, white person wrote these lines and has no idea yeah. why people actually talk but, to But them. I mean, if this has actually happened, yeah. I would love to hear about it. Uh, it's such a weird exchange. And then he goes, well, you're smart too, because you're the only sophomore in grade 11 chemistry. Expo drop. Thank you very much. Uh, then she meets her friends outside of the class. Uh, one of her friends, sad brunette, was dumped over the summer. So now all of her dialogue is cliches about sadness. Yeah, her immediate... The first thing she says is, I think the other friend, Pink Hair, uh-huh. um, who I... Lola, I think, is eventually her name. Yeah. But I don't want to call her Pink I kept, Hair. I kept wanting to call her Chloe Sullivan from Smallville because oh, she, like, looks that. like that character, yeah. has, like, pretty much the same hair as that character, a very similar personality. Like, I would not yeah. at all be surprised if the makeup department casting people were like, we've got an Allison Mack type right here. This yeah. is perfect. Pink hair, Lola, is immediately starts talking about social media. She's the one who's obsessed with her image in social media. Sad Brunette immediately goes, oh, don't bother flirting with that boy. Boys will ruin you or whatever. And Pink yeah. hair goes, oh, you just think that because you got dumped over the summer. So another expo drop right there. Their characters are firmly established. And they're teasing her about, ooh, do you like Tiny? Like, And she's like, uh, I don't know. I just met him. And Pink and, hair. Uh, yeah, L- Lola is like, well, you, you probably don't have much of a chance with him because he likes butts. Yeah. And you have the butt of a four-year-old boy. What a hurtful thing to say to your friend. Uh, yeah. I know sometimes teenage girls can get really real with each other, but that was maybe a little too... That was too Mean Girls. Yeah. Again, I feel like a, a dude in his... I saw Mean Girls once. I know how this works. Yeah, so, so then Shay is like, well, how do you know that? 
and Lola says because all the pictures that he likes on this Instagram type fake thing, Instagram. fake Instagram, fake Instagram, Finstagram, yeah, all the pictures he likes on Finstagram, Fostagram, <laughs> stricken from the record, Fostagram it is. Yeah. Boop, boop. Uh, all the pictures he likes on Fostagram are of girls' butts. He's a butt man. Yeah, he's and liking the butts. And all the celebrities he tweets about are Have. celebrities with big butts. It's like, of course, her way of viewing the world and getting information about people is through social media. So this was one of the things that I actually liked about the show. This idea that Lola is getting this information based on looking at someone's social media presence because I actually do know people who operate that way. Like their entire consciousness and like view of other people is through their social media postings and not through like interpersonal relationships. This is people who are five to 10 years younger than me. So I'm 30. So this is people who are like 20 to 25 that I've encountered who just like they operate in this completely digital sphere social media conscious because kids these days i don't know it did not ring true to me i'm glad there was yeah. one aspect of the show that, that rang true well to not you. the whole not her whole social media brand thing mm -hmm. but just the idea that like she a, goes a, oh i know this about this guy and here is all the proof that i have right i can and easily pull it up on social media and therefore it's true because look it's right yes. here on my phone just kind of building an entire idea of someone based on just their social media because yeah. that is something that happens the whole thing where she's like, oh, my brand and these things and stuff. I was like, uh, no. Yeah. That's, no human. That, that's a good point. I do know some people who mm -hmm. I've like known mostly online and then meet them in person and go, oh, you're different than I thought you'd be from your yeah. Twitter. So, is, yeah, oh, exactly. That, that was just, I just liked that, that one little touch of that scene. Yeah. So we end the scene with Lola Pink Hair saying, butts are the new boobs. Finally, and then turning and walking away. Presumably, it's supposed to be like, and then the reveal is we see she has a big butt. Yeah, but or something. I was watching her walk away and thinking, like, her butt looks normal. It looks like completely average to me. It doesn't look yeah, big at all. That is and a then, butt. then I said out loud in my empty apartment, are we supposed to be looking at this child's butt? I immediately hated the show for making me, A, look at a child's butt, and B, think about its relative size. Like I was sitting there going, am I evaluating the, what? It, that's the thing is, if she'd been super curvy, and it had been immediately obvious, yeah. you might have just been like, oh, that's why she's so focused on guys who like butts, because she has a big butt. This was my first, like, I'm getting too old for this shit yeah. moment. I, I feel like there were a lot of moments like that in the show. The show sets something up and then shows the punchline, but you're like, I think from the setup, that this is supposed to be what I think about this, but I don't think that. So what's going on? Yeah, that happened a lot on this show. All right, we go to the next scene where Blondie and Dumb Hunk are looking at their class schedules. He's mad they only have one class together because he's possessive or this is his character trait. Uh, and new character I referred to as Vaguely Goth sits down. She's also vaguely punk in some scenes, but I never got her name. So uh, she sits down and teases them about getting caught making out. And Blondie's reaction to that is, oh, first day of school and I'm already notorious. And then again, I was like, are they supposed to be freshmen? Like, do Canadian high schools start? Are they only 10, 11, 12? Oh, maybe they are. They are freshmen in the sense of being... Because maybe they have junior highs that are seven, eight, nine. Right. Oh, maybe. Oh that, my God, this I've explains so much. I've heard of that so being much. a thing. Please tweet this at us. We Thank need to know. Thank God. Oh, this this makes so much more sense. If if they have 
if their junior highs are seven, eight, nine, I think that's what it is. Elementary school or grade school is one through six. Junior high is seven, eight, nine. High school is 10, 11, 12. Oh. oh my god, I hope that's the case because otherwise I was like, first of all, these kids do not look like freshmen. They don't look the right age to be freshmen. Yeah. Second of all, they keep referring to some of them as being in grade 10, but they're acting like this is their first day of a new school. Oh, lordy. <laughs> I hope that is, that would make so much sense. All right. Let's assume that's the case. Let's assume, let's that would, it would, everything makes sense now. So Vaguely Goss sits down and teases them about getting caught making out. And she says, oh, first day of school and I'm already notorious. And now I understand it is their first day at a new school. That explains why they're acting the way they are. But also, so that does make more sense why she was nervous about getting caught making out. But like, fine. So then her phone rings and she looks at the phone and goes, oh, my God, it's the trap door, that club downtown. Which, like, did you save the number into your phone? She answers the phone very professionally. Yes, this is she. And is all, yes, I would love that. Thank you. Great. Okay, good. And hangs up and says, they want my band to audition. I'm not going to say that this doesn't happen in Canada, but I've never had a venue ask my band to audition to play a show. I think it's there's a battle of the bands that is coming up. No. Someone says something somebody, about that later. Somebody jokingly references that. Oh. We're, we're going to skip this because that. No, Jonah goes, so why do you need a guitarist? Big battle of the bands coming up. And she goes, actually, I have an audition at the trapdoor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll skip I, that. Yeah. That's okay. That is an understandable yeah. confusion. I did just watch it today. In my in my pink bubblegum haze of terror at the, <laughs> at the Generation Zers running <laughs> now around. Now I have to keep it. I was so confused. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, but she says, you know, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Because she established in the first scene, she's like, I want to start a band. I could be the next T-Swift. And her boyfriend is very dismissive of that in that first yeah. scene. He's like, I just want to kiss you. Let's just make out. I don't care about anything that you care about. So in this scene, she's like, oh my gosh, I got an audition. This is so exciting. And he goes, oh, uh, that's great, babe. But, and the, one of the worst freaking lines, you've been laying your tracks by yourself. You don't have a band. Hold on, hold on. Let's freaking pause. You can, you can just see the writers in the writers' room going, ah, how do kids talk? How do kids? Get them with their own words. Like, oh, you've been laying your tracks, yeah, man, laying down tracks. I'm sorry. I guess there could be people who talk like that. In the yeah, world. maybe in the seventies. Like. That's the thing. Laying down tracks is not a super uncommon figure of speech for you to use to refer to recording things. But just in that setting with, but you've been laying your tracks by yourself. It just. Yeah. What are you doing? He would have said, you've been recording them at home on your computer by yourself and doing all the instruments. Like you don't have a band. It just was such an awkward freaking wording. Ugh. Anyway. So then we cut to gay stereotype and another brunette who is Gay Stereotype's friend. Yeah, Gay Stereotype, um, I initially was referring to him in the notes as a pile of gay stereotypes in vaguely the shape of a human boy, but that was a bit too long. So I shortened it to Gay Stereotype, but then it becomes obvious very quickly that his name is Tristan. They, He's one of the few characters whose name you literally see on screen yes. numerous times because it's revealed he's running for class president. He has buttons and everything. So, yeah. it, However, his friend, another brunette, who I referred to as another brunette in all of the notes, never got her name. Not one. She she was like gay stereotype Tristan's 
friend to hold his limp wrist when he was sad. Yeah, which honestly, I actually, this was one of the few things I almost liked about the show was that even though he was like just a pile of stereotypes, at least he was not the stereotype of being the best friend to a straight girl and he just exists to like listen to her problems. Right. It was a reversal because the, the I'm not going to call her straight because we, we don't learn very right. much about her because... She only exists to hold Tristan's hand yeah. and support him, which I was like, well, at least that was a nice reversal, but... That was another one of the things that I was going to mention that I liked, so... Okay. I, we we make a common ground. Oh, we liked a thing. Tristan and another brunette are discussing whether or not he's going to run for class president that year, because apparently class president is this incredibly prestigious thing that people want in yeah. the Degrassi universe. Now... In my high school, I feel like that those um, didn't happen until a couple of weeks into school. Not yeah. on the first day. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, we then see the bland white guy uh, whose name is Miles. Yeah, luckily I got Miles as his name pretty quickly because I had no cute name for him. I just called him bland white guy. Uh, Tristan is not happy about this information, particularly because Miles was supposed to be going to boarding school this year yes. he was supposed to be gibbity gibbity gone <laughs> but he is now not only here he is competing and we see some they have a little uh, back and forth it's very tense and super freaking awkward and then the reveal is that miles is his ex bum 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 i just want to stop for a moment real quick and talk about tristan Let's talk about Tristan. Because not only is he... I actually... If, at first, I referred to him in the notes. When he first appeared, before he opened his mouth, I said, oh, here's the guy that we know is gay because he was shown tweezing his eyebrows in that montage where everyone's getting ready for school. And then they were like, nope, that is far from the only thing that makes it clear that this guy is gay. He ha has the quote-unquote gay accent, the... He talks like this and he's very sassy and he wears fashion. His clothes are very fashionable and like floral shirts and like V-necks, the big neck and everything. And he appears to be wearing makeup. Uh, and obviously, uh, I shouldn't say obviously, not everyone listening to this podcast knows me. I have far from having a problem with men wearing makeup. Men should wear makeup all the time if they want to. But the combination of him wearing a little bit of makeup and his hair being very dark. Like, it looked like he... Bl bl black, dyed it black. It looked dyed black. Yeah. And it was combed down and, like, greased. It made him look like a ventriloquist dummy of alfalfa. <laughs> and it was very unsettling. That, he is I... very pale. He has super dark hair that is, like, greased down. Yeah. And his lips, are, his lips and his cheeks are just a little too pink. His brows are super dark. And he has blue eyes. And he's very pale. And he just looked like a doll. And it was super unsettling. It, yeah. I did not like looking at this character. I I finally got around the, my uncomfortableness with the character by headcanoning that this is the origin story of the Stefan character on the SNL sketches. <laughs> You know what? He's even more stereotypically gay than Stefan. I'm going to say it. I know, but like, I'm just thinking like, you know, he gets yeah, a little no, older. He like, kind of mellows out a little bit. I want the audience to understand. Yeah. Stefan was supposed to be a joke. This character is supposed to be a real person. In as much as anyone under Gossi is a real person. But I don't know. I just, I saw something online when I was quickly looking up. Wait, how many Degrassi shows are there? Am I right? Yeah. watching the right yeah. one? I saw something that said Degrassi was initially uh, lauded as being a rare show because it depicted what life was really like for teens in Canada. And I'm like, this does not feel at all real. This feels like a super heightened reality bullshit 
TV show. Yeah. No part of this felt like, we're getting into some real issues that kids have. I don't know. So in the next scene, we go to, oh, another pet peeve for Sarah. Uh, a scene where Blondie is practicing one of her songs, which her vaguely goth friend on keyboards mm-hmm. and a guy referred to as Jersey Shore on guitar um, because he's wearing a large necklace and has is tan and has kind of like slicked back hair. Uh, Jonah is the character's name we figure out later. Well, that's a situation I was not aware of. Oh! <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> anyway, big pet peeve for Sarah, which is when people are depicted as practicing music like informally and it's it's just people lip syncing onto like a super produced i would say even in this case overproduced finished track it's like yeah this is the thing that i hated about glee there's a lot of things to hate about glee but i watched the first episode of glee thinking i would actually enjoy it because i love musical theater and i was like a musical theater tv show sign me the hell up that sounds like so much fun but the thing that ruined it for me is that every time they sing, it's like a super finished track. Dad, with like... dad, 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 dad. But they've like put it into a MIDI yeah. sequencer thing. Yeah. It's like everything is super. There's like too many instruments and like everybody has like effects on their voices and stuff. And it robs the scene from having any emotion or feeling genuine at all. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're in the scene where the guy's playing guitar. Vaguely Goth is on keyboards. They're playing a laptop. There's yeah, a laptop there involved a laptop. in the setup. However... Blondie is standing there and like, what, is that some kind of super fancy mic? Because no. she's got all kinds of effects on yeah, her yeah. voice. And it's like, they're trying to make her sound like a pop star, but it's like, I don't know. Maybe they thought that would be cooler because they wanted to drive it home that she's very good or something. But it just made it feel, it made it look like they were lip syncing. It, it robs it from feeling like her actual music to me. And that made me so freaking mad. I'm like, just let music be a real thing that humans make. Yeah. This is a, I think this is a problem that... That a lot of kids grow up only hearing music on the radio. If their parents aren't musicians, they don't happen to know any musicians. They feel like music is this unattainable thing. It's something rock stars make. It would have been so much more humanizing for a character whose name I could never remember if I could actually hear her real voice. Yeah. Anyway, diatribe over. They're practicing the song. And Zit comes in. Zig. (laughs) Dumb hunk. Zig comes in. That's close. Is immediately jealous that his girlfriend is daring to speak to another human male. Like, he immediately walks in and is like, a guy in the room, how dare? She goes, oh, hey, honey, this is Jonah. And he goes, hey, I'm her boyfriend. And he's like, yeah, nice to meet you. Cool. Like, Jonah's like, all right, whatevs. You I mean, he Jonah no does idea come what as, I'm doing here. Jonah does come up as kind of a dick in general, but. But if that was the, like, but not initial... In a, not, right? not in a, um, not in a, I'm trying to get on your girl way, just in a, I'm kind of a cocky guitarist way, which mm-hmm. is fine. We all know guitarists like that, friends. Hashtag don't be a guitarist like that. <laughs> he then walks over to her and goes, what's going on? And she's like, well, we're trying to put a band together for yeah, the audition. And he says another line that a human being would never say. I thought I played guitar. Uh, well, do you or don't you? <laughs> That sentence, I expected to be, I thought I was going to play guitar in your band. Or thought I played guitar for you or something. For you. Two words. Right. You could add at the end of the sentence. But even if that's what they meant, I thought I was going to be your guitarist. If that's what they meant by that sentence, her reaction is, since when do you play guitar? And vaguely goth girl goes, yeah, since when do you play guitar? And he goes, oh, "Uh, since forever. Got him. It's like, neither of them even really knew. Uh, he's the guy genuinely surprised by this information he's the guy who knows three chords and tries to play wonderwall when he gets drunk at the party surely his girlfriend would know that 
he would have tried to like play romantic fucking songs for her. Not, I, I, you know what though? I gotta say, probably not Wonderwall. What is the Wonderwall of Gen Z, friends? What is it? Do you know? Do you know any teenagers? What is the song that the guy with the acoustic guitar sings at Please the party? Please tweet us. Hashtag Wonderwall of Gen Z. Yeah. So anyway, here's blank. What's the new song? I want to know. I, I, honestly, Zig is a garbage human. I don't know. Are we supposed to hate him? At this point in the show, I couldn't tell. Honestly, by the end of the show, I was like, I don't think they actually intended us for us to hate Zig. I thought maybe Zig's going to be, maybe she, Blondie's going to yeah. dump him and it's going to be triumphant or something. Here. But like, they don't break up in this episode. They end the episode still on pretty good terms. And I'm like, I don't understand. He's garbage. He treats her like garbage. Like he comes from the land of no sleeves. He's yeah. like, he all, yeah, he always wears sleeveless Hard-coated shirts. jock. And he's always wearing sleeveless hoodies. He is, and he looks like he's 24. It's like, like the easiest way to picture this is Channing Tatum's character in 21 Jump Street, how he looks in that, where you're like, do you go to high school? Like, what is going on? Yeah. He's like, oh. At least in 21 Jump Street, he's supposed to be an older person posing as a teenager, right? That's the premise of 21 Jump Street. (laughs) That's also the premise of television. It's it's supposed to be part of the suspension of disbelief in television. I accepted everyone else at that school, but the... But um, but Zig did not. I I accepted almost no one. So we cut to Shay, and she's in the bathroom, and she's like trying to take a belfie, a butt <laughs> selfie. A butt yeah. She's trying to she's trying to get some some junk in the trunk, to like show off. She I guess. actually uses that phrase later. Oh, yeah. So awkward. Uh, sad brunette walks in and says, "Oh hey, don't worry." She says, look, I'm also built like a four-year-old boy. Like, how we're about really you're doubling not down on built, the four-year-old yeah, boy talk. How about you're not built like a four-year-old boy instead of, so am I, who cares? And, uh, and a kind she, of real moment. Yeah, and then Shay says, it's different. it's different when you're black. Yeah. Okay, that actually felt like kind of a genuine moment. Like, she was like, uh, thanks, white friend, but you don't understand. This yeah. is This is different. Which, I don't know if that's genuine, but it felt a little more genuine at least. The actress sold that particular line. Yeah. I'm going to give that actress credit for being one of the better ones in this show. She she didn't have as strong a personality or character as anyone else, but she was more like a real human. So that's something. Sad Brunette says, oh wait, I can help. Grabs her phone and like photoshops her butt bigger. Can but kind of do that? zooming on. I I have a shitty it's old a, phone. Yeah, it's know. a really bad Photoshop. It's just yeah. like a kind of a, a fisheye lens yeah. zoom thing. Uh, and then... It's like a joke. It's a joke moment. Shay sees it and goes, I gotta send this picture to Lola. Yeah. They're both acting like it's really obvious that this is fake. It's like, haha, among friends. Sends it to Lola. Sad brunette goes, why do we bother with these boys who in 15 years will leave us for their secretaries? Which does not sound like something a teenage girl would say. It sounds like something... A middle-aged woman on fucking Mad Men would say. But, I don't but, know. The, my, th- that moment, I was like picturing Sad Brunette's mom with her oh. with her Chardonnay, her chilled Chardonnay, being like, listen, sweetie, all these boys are going to love you. And then in 15 years... The lady of her secretary named Lola. And she goes, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, speaking of Lola, Lola has just posted... The photo on her Instagram... Her Fostagram, apparently. Finstagram. I thought it was... Fostagram. No, you're right. Fostagram. Ah! You struck Finstagram for the record. That sounds like Instagram oh. for Finnish people. <laughs> uh, mermaids, maybe? I don't know. Uh, oh, my God. If there was a mermaids. mermaid... 
if there was a mermaid version of My Little Pony, they would have, that's the kind of shit they do on My Little Pony, those ridiculous, like, puns. They would have, their Instagram would be called Finstagram. What were we talking about? Lola uh, posted the photo on the internet, and they're both like, oh, no. So, uh, then we cut to Tristan. Who, Handing out campaign buttons. He is campaigning. Vote for Tristan, vote for Tristan. And what what is his campaign slogan? Oh, oh, vote for Tristan, everyone's gay best friend. Really leaning into the stereotype, which made me start to wonder, are they doing this on purpose? Are they making him a pile of stereotypes vaguely in the shape of a human boy on purpose? Or are they that unaware of what they're doing that they just leaned into it that hard? Another brunette is there and she says, don't worry about Miles. He's your crappy ex. He dumped you six months ago. And Tristan goes, yeah, for a girl. Oh. <gasps> oh my gosh. And at this point, I'm starting to go, I am confused here because we're apparently supposed to hate Miles. But so far, all we know about Miles is that he broke up with Tristan, mm -hmm. which when you're a fucking teenager, of course Tristan's going to hate him for that. But Every relationship lasts two weeks. It's we, fine. we don't have any reason to dislike Miles at this point. Everything they're feeding us is, well, he dumped Tristan. Well, I don't know. Fucking teenagers do that. He left Tristan for a girl. And I went, oh, please don't let this be some biphobic bullshit. Guess what, friends? It's some biphobic bullshit coming in on the biphobia train. Choo-choo. Going into the fucking station. Get ready so, to look over your bifocals. So he says, you know, he left him, you know, for a girl. And he's mad about that. And then... He approaches two younger students. I assume they were younger students because he goes, tender young things, what are your concerns? And we have like two nerds, a uh, nerd girl with like purple hair and glasses who I hope she becomes a character later. Yeah, she seemed cool. And they both say, oh, well, there's nowhere for us to game during lunch, even though the football team gets both the gym and the field back to the school or something for their homoerotic grappling uh girl maybe don't use homoerotic as an insult when you're literally talking to a gay person just a thought <laughs> it's not like she didn't know he was gay you, no one in this school doesn't know tristan's gay i'm pretty sure everybody already knows it's the first day of school i'm pretty sure he's made it clear yeah it's his thing he's, he's wearing a button that says he's everyone's gay best friend at this point so then they look over and miles unfurls this giant banner with his campaign slogan on it. Right, because the other guy goes, uh, no points on your campaign slogan. And I was going to be like, yeah, kid, that's right. That is a lame slogan. But he's actually saying, yeah. it's just like my brother's. And yeah. we see Miles unfurling this giant and it says, thing that says, Vote for Miles. I play for both teams. He says, I play for all teams. All teams. That's right. He's Excuse more me, he's inclusive. He's Pan. He's not Pan. Oh, that's, that's right. Why. It's very important yes. to think. Yes. But, he plays for all teams. Which... Those slogans are not the same. No. It it's one thing to say like, uh, you you he kind of beat you to the punch on a slogan that refers to his sexuality, but they're not the same. They act throughout this episode as if they're literally the exact same slogan. And I gotta say, Miles is slightly more clever. Yeah. I play for all teams. References the fact that he's bi or pan, but also it's saying I will represent all students. Right? What what does Tristan's slogan say about him? The I'm your friend. Yeah. It doesn't really say anything about him as a politician. I will be I'm your like, stereotype. At this point, I'm like, are we supposed to hate Miles or like him? Because I kind of like him. Another brunette looks at her phone and she goes, he just invited everyone to a pool party. 
his campaign pool party or something. Oh, we didn't mention this because I didn't mention the notes because I didn't know it was going to be important later. But in that first scene where they're talking about them running, they're at a meeting with this principal guy. Is principal the right word in Canada? Yeah, that's the guy. That that's the guy who head teacher. Oh no, in Canada things are weird. The guy who said fuck on, on Canadian television. Right, 20, the guy that <laughs> twenty-seven years previous. Yeah. He um, he was saying, okay, kids, if you want to run for school president, blah, blah, blah. And the third person who's running for class president, we find out her name later, is Goldie. I referred to her in the notes as girl in hijab because she is the only, you know, Muslim person. Which is, which in the... is a Canadian television First? thing. No. No. No, it's just like they're... Like because they're, they're better at it than than American TV. Well, no, it's it's like in Canada they know that they have um, Muslim populations, and the way that that is acknowledged in Canadian television is there's always like one person, yeah, in the thing with the hijab. Which like, I gotta say, that's more than I've seen in a lot of American TV shows. I don't watch a lot of American TV shows about uh, high schools though. So yeah, and she gets to wear cool different colored hijabs yeah. too, which is fun. And she's not. A lame-ass character. She's a fine character. She doesn't get to do yeah. much in this episode, but she's, like, but good. I, I, she comes back, I found out, so yeah. I'm excited. Well, that's good. But. So, she said in that scene, though, she mentioned something about, oh, do we need to apply, uh, or do we need to submit our budget plan? And the teacher says something about, remember, you have to, it's all kind of happening in the background while Tristan is freaking out about Miles, mm -hmm. so we're not really paying attention, but he says something about, uh, budgets, uh, your, you will be held to a strict budget cap of, of your campaign. $100. Yeah. This pool party is obviously not within the budget. So part of me was like, didn't they say something about a budget earlier? Is this like, are they just forgetting about that? Yes. Yeah, so we, the, that establishes that Miles is bad because he's rich. Yeah. So I was like, okay, uh, he's rich and he's using his money to try and win the campaign. This is the first genuinely bad thing that we know about Miles. I'm yeah. like... And so far, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. He could, uh, it is. But I still was like, ah, I still kind of like Miles. Still not yeah. really sold on this. So we moved to the pool party. And it is a very elaborate party. This is definitely, there's no question here that he has spent a lot of money to make this happen. He's not just someone who happens, he's not just someone who happens to have a pool and throwing a pool party. Uh, initially, we have Shay standing at the side of the pool, kind of being mad, arms folded, while Lola and Sad Brunette are in the pool. Lola is blathering on about her brand or and selfies or something. Tiny then enters. Uh, Shay panics and jumps in the pool so he cannot see her butt. He immediately walks over to her. I just want to say, he's not that tall. No. Which is usually you get a nickname like Tiny when you're very tall and very broad or something like that. Yeah, I don't... It was, Tiny was a weird nickname, and no one ever, ever calls him by his for, an actual name. He's called Tiny as if that is a real name the whole time. It may as well be his legal name on his birth certificate. He walks in, uh, immediately makes a beeline for Shay, and says, hey, would you be my lab partner, with no preamble. And Lola answers for her, says, she'd love that. She loves lab partners. And Shay just smiles kind of awkwardly, and he goes... Okay, cool. <laughs> Maybe wait for her to actually answer. Just saying. He immediately walks away. Doesn't stick around to chat. He walks in. He's got a goal at this party to ask this girl to be his lab partner. Immediately leaves. And then I, I, Lola... Go ahead. Sorry, I was I, I was going to say, I wasn't sure in the first scene, but I'm wondering if 
if this character is meant to be like someone on the spectrum and like have like some sort of like social difficulties or something like that because like a lot of his lines are like very abrupt and he's like very stony faced and kind of like that middle distance stare Mm -hmm. that would be nice uh, yeah. because the alternate is bad writing. Yeah. I'm I that I kind of like started to read him that way, but again, I might be giving the show too much credit. I don't yeah. know. I feel like this show does not deal in subtleties, so if they wanted him to be on the spectrum, he would have been like His first line would have been like tapping his hands yeah. on his legs and going like, "Oh, who who dropped 34 sugar packets on the ground?" you know. <laughs> I don't think I know there's 34 on the ground because there's only six left in the box. (laughs) I don't think the show is that subtle, but that would be nice. (laughs) So Lola goes, oh my gosh, you're so hashtag blessed and does the thing where she puts two fingers over two fingers over her head to make like a hashtag thing. And Lola is very on brand. Shay immediately goes, no, I'm hashtag screwed. He obviously only asked me because he saw that photo which is a lie. I don't actually have a butt. He's going to know as soon as he sees me. And she says, he's going to know as soon as he sees me in real life. I'm like, he's seen you in real life before. If he's that much of a butt man, he already noticed, right? (laughs) This is the thing. If this guy was as obsessed with butts as they're acting like he is, he'd spot the shop. He probably would have already checked out her butt, right? Yeah, her butt has been around. In in the same room as him several times. Yeah. Not blocked by any furniture or anything. Anyway, um, she still thinks she's got to live this lie where she has a butt. Uh, Tristan then walks up to Miles, asks him, can we speak privately? Grabs his hand and drags him off very dramatically. Then, vaguely goth girl bumps into another brunette. And they have just such an awkward exchange, but not... And it was... Clearly supposed to be an awkward exchange, and I can't express to you how much it was awkward in the wrong way. Yeah. Like, she bumps into her, and then looks at her, and then it was so silent, all my brain had to think about was the fact that vaguely goth looks like she's 25, and another brunette actually looks like a real teenager. Like, she looked like she could be her mom, practically. I thought we were about to go into some weird dream sequence where they were going to have, like, a kung fu fight or something. Yeah, they're just looking at each other. It was like one of those scenes that, like... The old Hong Kong uh, kung fu movies where it's like, you, you. And then like, it, we get like six reverse shots of their faces. Same like, hat. Swing, swing, Same swing, hat. swing, 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 swing. Yeah. Wah. And then finally. You have soiled my honor. Finally, they have this awkward dialogue about goth girl not returning brunettes. texts, uh, And she's like, yeah, uh, I've just been busy. And I'm like, oh, are we about to have girlfriends who just broke up or something? Or, uh, another brunette says, I mean, are we still friends? And she seems genuinely concerned. Like, she actually seems like, uh, I'm genuinely worried that you don't like me anymore. <laughs> another so, vaguely goth girl's reaction to that is, don't be an idiot. <laughs> she says it kind of aggressively, too. And then Blondie runs over and goes, I need you. <laughs> kind of makes an apologetic smile at, at, the, at, at the brunette. And... Drags her away. And Vega Goth goes, see you in class? I guess. We never get resolution of that. No. That is being set up for another episode, I guess. Which we don't is know. One of the things that makes us feel really a lot like a Netflix show is that there's just a lot of stuff that's just like, yeah. this will be important been, later. That is never even addressed later, nope. much less resolved. That is a little of nothing we get no real information about and is completely dropped which could be a symptom of these characters being ported over from another show that maybe these two have like all this big drama history and it needed to be acknowledged vaguely for the people who are 
Ooh. coming over. Yeah, but if that's the case, they did a real bad job of it because yeah. new people also need to be caught up on what's yes. going on. You could have written that dialogue. You could have done some pilot talk there yep, yep. that could have embedded those lines with more information instead so, of... I've been busy ever since you stabbed me in the back. <laughs> they could have given us any tiny bone. They didn't throw us a single thing. So Blondie drags her away and then they have a conversation about how Zig, dumb hunk, wants to be in the band but the other guy Jonah is way better and Blondie doesn't know how to address this and she's worried that her boyfriend's feelings will be hurt. Which is reasonable for her to assume, since her boyfriend is a garbage human who doesn't want her to even talk to other males. But their conversation is so weird because they almost touch on something real here. They get so close about how Zig only wants to be in the band because of fragile masculinity. I think she actually says that. Yeah. They're almost there with it. But then they still suggest that the only way around this issue is to lie to Zig or trick him somehow. Vaguely Goth says, like, you know, well, he's being a he's being a little toxic masculinity boy who's too fragile about his feelings or whatever. And instead of them going into something like, you know what? If he really loved you, he'd want what's best for you. If he was a really good guitarist and Jonah was just slightly better, that'd be one thing. But he's obviously just pretending to play guitar because he doesn't want you to hang out with another dude, which is gross. Like, Blondie in the scene says, I love him. I just, my music is really important too. And they go, and I think Vega Goss says, well, which one's more important? Oh, uh, do you have to choose, first of all? You shouldn't have to choose. But she pauses. Mm -hmm. Like she can't decide. And Goth's reaction is to go, ooh, harsh, or something like that. And it's like, I don't know which she's leaning towards in yeah, this moment. Yeah. To me, it seems obvious that her music should be more important than a boy. We don't even know how long they've been dating. They could have yeah. been dating for a week at this point. That is high it school. It is high school, though, yeah. So, yeah, they, they basically almost get there with this thing about him being fragile masculinity boy. And then she they end the scene with a handjob joke that's dumb. Uh, we move on to Tristan and Miles having a confrontation in the pool house, like the little or cabin next to the pool or something. something. It's like a really odd room with no identifying furniture. Mm -hmm. I don't know why that bothered me so much. <laughs> I, I think it was notice. just because it felt so much like a set. I was too distracted by the fact that the first line upon Miles, no, uh, the first line upon Tristan pulling Miles by his hand into the room is Miles goes, you should have told me you like the rough stuff. And I'm like, they're children! They're children! Please stop making all these sexual references. I am very uncomfortable. Netflix, I know that teenagers have sex and this is a thing, but still, you don't have to be that aggressive about it. So Tristan accuses Miles of stealing his slogan and Miles is like, what? Like, I didn't know what your slogan was going to be. I just came up with mine because it seems like a thing yeah which is very reasonable yeah. and he absolutely delivered it as if it was genuine he yeah. didn't deliver it like i don't know what you're talking about i totally came up with mine first <laughs> there was no snidely whiplashing going on i'm like i'm still sitting here going i can't decide if we're not if he's actually bad or not because Tristan, like, tristan's a garbage yeah tristan's like that's bullshit How you you hate you why why are you doing this and you you hate school and then M miles has this like 
this like thing that I don't know if he's like I I didn't understand it, but he's like yeah. my parents are poor now, so no. I didn't get to go to boarding school or something. No, and my I don't home think life sucks. But it was like it, it was, was so all really unclear. vague. He basically gave an exposition dump that established that he has a bad home life, but in a way that didn't make it clear what was going on. Clearly, I a good enough it. of a home life that you get to throw pool parties. Well, money isn't everything. Strangely, the impression, the best guess I can make from this dialogue. He was going to go to boarding school to get away from their bad relationship, but then his mom left, maybe? And so his dad's just kind of, like, around, but, like, barely there. Which would also explain the massive pool party. Yeah, which would kind of explain why he was allowed to, able to have this massive pool party. And he says something about, like, I want to run to maybe feel his like dad part of something. left his mom for Lola's mom's husband. <laughs> Lola's mom is the secretary. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I, it's <laughs> unclear, but he basically has a moment that sort of feels genuine where he's like, you know, I have a kind of a shitty home life and I wanted to run for school president to feel like I'm a part of something. Yeah. And again, I'm like, are we supposed to not like him? Because this is kind of a likable yeah. motivation. So far, none of this has seemed evil. Yeah. But like, Tristan is the POV character. So like, yeah. I feel like we're supposed to empathize Tristan with him. Tristan is the one being unreal, unreasonable. Tristan is the one being unreasonable and like... Assuming that everything yeah. his ex does is motivated by hating yeah. him. And Miles this whole time, aside from being rich and a little privileged, yeah. has seemed like a pretty reasonable guy. And, then, and Tristan's like, so you're running to make friends? Yeah, and then Miles is like, I'm running so Degrassi will have something for everyone. Again, referencing the fact that he's bi, I guess. And then he's like, oh, it's better than your reason, which is that you're not over me and you need a distraction. And Tristan's like, that's not true. And Miles says, too bad, because I'm not over you, and kisses him. Immediately, Tristan just, like, melts into him. He's like, ah, let us kiss with tongues. Yeah, it was, like, it was weird. It makes more sense when you find out more about it later. But, like, he's like, I'm not over you, and just leans over and gives him a quick kiss. Yeah. And Tristan just looks shocked from it, and then leans over. And I was like, Tristan is the one doing all the kissing here. Miles is just letting it happen to him. Yeah. It was... It was very awkward. It was. It didn't feel like a genuine kiss, which we find out later it wasn't entirely, but in the moment I was distracted by the fact that it did not seem genuine. So then we go to school the next day, question mark. It is totally unclear how much time has passed. Tristan comes up to his brunette friend in, oh, I swear to God, the ugliest shirt I have it's ever seen. It's a crime. In my life! That shirt is a crime. More than that, it looks like pajamas. It's a, like light green like a bright green tealish i can't how do you describe that color mint like it's, it's like almost, a box of tanagrams threw up on a pair of pajamas i don't even know what that is but it has this giant v-neck yeah like to the point plunging yeah like huge there's a shot later where his shirt's kind of been pulled slightly over and it's like you practically see his nipples like it's a huge v-neck he walks up to brunette friend and goes, oh, sorry, I missed our um, our planning session for the debate. I had to pick the perfect outfit, which like, oh, my God, we get it. You're super fucking gay. But also that was it. At least brunette addresses it. She goes, and that's what you went with. And he goes, well, Miles said I looked hot in it last year. And she goes, when, since when did you care what Miles thinks? And he goes, since we totally made out of the pool party. Oh my gosh, I'm dishing. And she's like, what? She reasonably is like, are you kidding? What are you talking about? And he's like, 
we talked and he confessed he's not over me and just all of the old feelings came rushing back and suddenly we were all over each other and she's like okay well calm the hell down because miles is the same old manipulative miles he's always been and i'm like that would have been a good line for her to deliver earlier in the episode because we didn't know he was manipulative until now we've had no reason to maybe they were trying to get you to like him I, I'm wondering if it that was, but again, this to be a big that reveal. seems too clever by half for this show. Yeah. And she goes, you're letting him, you know, manipulate you. Miles has made out with everyone, even me. And Tristan is totally unfazed by this. So clearly he already knew. Yeah. His ex-boyfriend had made out with his best friend. We could have gotten this information earlier, I think. Although the way that she, I mean, we could have gotten this information earlier. The way she delivers it, it seems like something that he's heard a million times. Yeah, he's like, whatever, I think he's really changed. Yeah. And then we go, pan around to Miles flirting with this girl in the weirdest position ever. Y- yeah. Like, he's standing behind her with his arms around her. He's like ghosting. Yeah, he's ghosting he's, with he's, her. He's put his arms around her in order to write his name on her arm. Or his number. He's going, yeah. so just call me if you have any questions about my uh, campaign. She's like, hee hee. But if you're writing your name or number down for some, First of all, I don't think people write numbers on their arms anymore. That is, that is some Gen X writer shit. Like anachronistic almost because I don't think teens do that anymore. Yeah. It's, I didn't even think about that in the moment because he's got his arms around her in this awkward position. But it's supposed to be, obviously, he's flirting with her and Tristan is betrayed once again. Betrayed anew. Damn you, Miles! How dare you? Your seductions. Also, the actor who played Miles looks super familiar to me. And not in a, I've seen this actual actor somewhere before because I don't know any teenager actors. But he looked like someone else. And the only thing I could think of is that he kind of looks like um, Cameron from... Ferris Bueller. What's that actor's oh. name? Alan Ruck. Yes. Yes. But like... Yes! But like a hunky version of... I yeah, mean, I yeah. think Alan Ruck's cute. But like but, a conventionally attractive hunky version. Yeah. Like, but still a little bit awkward and nerdy. I want to make this clear. He's attractive, but in a kind of an awkward way, which I think endeared uh, him to me more, right? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of times you convey that someone is distrustful by making them like too attractive. And yeah. he was not attractive enough for me to make that. No, connection. he's like Alan Ruck 2.0 versus yeah. ventriloquist dummy of Alfalfa. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so now, oh no, they're about to go into the debate. Which again, is this the second day of school and they're already having debates? It's totally unclear. The passage of time is not made clear on this show. The, the, the butt stuff and the the political stuff are two separate timelines that may or may not be happening exactly concurrently. <laughs> Except the pool party connects them. Yeah. That's the like the big the big scene where they all connect the nexus. <laughs> nexus of these two universes. It's the Avengers of those <laughs> those two. Oh, fuck. At least we have a real reason to dislike Miles finally. So I was like kind of relieved in this scene, like, okay, finally we've established Miles is kind of a dick. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so we cut to Shay walking into class, and she has some. Thing awkwardly stuffed down the back of her pants to try to make her butt look bigger. But it's obvious that she it's, just has some weird lumpy it's stuff. Very obvious. In her pants. She's yeah. about to walk into chemistry class. Yeah. And she's kind of like trying to adjust it yeah. or whatever. And then right before she walks into chemistry class, uh, Lola and Sad Brunette run up to save her. And they, they like shove her up against the wall in a corner. Instead of dragging her out of class. Yeah, they're not they like, just... we're taking you to the bathroom and we are pulling this all out right now. You look dumb. They just kind of try to like, 
angle her away from everyone else and kind of block her with their bodies. And they're trying to adjust the padding to make it look better. Meanwhile, asking her, what the hell do you think you're doing? What is this? And she goes, it's, it's some cotton batting from my mom's sewing stuff. Which is like, <laughs> And Sad Brunette goes, you know, there are actual, like, butt enhancers on the market you can buy. You don't have to go full Horatio Hornblower with this <laughs> nonsense. And Shay says, uh, I don't, not all of us have a trust fund. So we've established that Sad Brunette is rich, apparently, also. They try to fix it really quick before class starts, but then the bell rings and Tiny arrives. And they and have to leave her. Yeah. The awkward butt. Oh. Shay goes and sits down with Tiny and they start doing an experiment. And then he's like, all right, you ready to do this yeah. lab partner? They launch right into it. Yeah. Like, there's no other teacher going, okay, everybody, starting out with our first experiment. Yeah. They just sit down yeah. and immediately launch into Do the experiment. you think exposition teacher would be all about saying, yeah. like, all right, everybody, time for your first experiment of chemistry class. Thanks, Mrs. Expositionberg. And he, of course, says, oh, could you grab a graduated cylinder? And so Which she, is reasonable. Yeah. She gets up and goes, uh, like, awkwardly backs away and kind of, like, Gets it and brings it back to the table and then sits down again. facing him the whole yeah. time so he can't see her awkward butt. But she's not even looking. She finally is like, okay, got it. And then he goes, oh, we need some uh, pipettes as well. And it's like, all right, asshole, maybe fucking get up and get some things for yourself. So they make her get up again and do her awkward little and, dance. And then another kid comes through and spills some some sort it's of some, chemical. It's some kind of corrosive chemical. He spills it on her, and at first, I thought he did it on purpose. That's how bad his acting was. Yeah, this and was then like, he goes, oh my god, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> This was full where did the soda go status. Like, I, I can't. It's just like the yeah. scene in an infomercial. And then he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And Tiny leaps up and goes, oh my gosh, that's blah, 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 acid. It's corrosive. You have to take your pants off right now. She's like, what? No, I can't. And he's like, do you want to get third degree burns? You need to take your pants off. And it's like, yeah, anyone would not be into that. They're acting like the only reason she's not doing it is because she knows that her butt is protected by the cotton batting and also doesn't want him to see the cotton batting or her real butt. But it's like, no, that would be a reasonable thing for someone to get mad about. And then the teacher finally comes over and is like, oh, God, no, we need to take your pants off right now. Helps her take her pants off. In the middle of class, everyone is looking at her. Yeah. She's a teenager taking off her pants. It's only when Ms. Expositionberg sees the cotton batting that she's like, oh, how embarrassing. Then thinks to take off her lab coat and wrap it around Shay's yeah. waist. It's, it's like, maybe you could have done, first of all. Get the order right. <laughs> you are the worst teacher ever. Maybe these teenagers shouldn't be, maybe these teenagers should not have been, been can't even fucking talk. God damn you, Sophia Blanc de Blanc. <laughs> Maybe these children should not have been dealing with corrosive chemicals in their very first chemistry lesson of the school year. You are the worst teacher. Goodbye. <laughs> it's unclear whether Tiny saw the batting or not. Yeah. That's not clear. The teacher seems to have seen it and been like, oh, embarrassing for you, kid. Let's wrap a towel around you or whatever. Let, like, yeah. Here, allow me to help you cover yourself. Not, not to hide your your nakedness yeah. that any teenager might be but awkward to, to about. to hide your, like... Weird cotton batting situation. And then she kind of backs her out of the room and says, who says chemistry isn't exciting? This fucking teacher. <laughs> I swear to God. Here's the thing. I never did an experiment in a chemistry class that would have necessitated a lab coat and goggles and gloves because of corrosive chemicals until I was in college. 
Yeah. We just didn't do that. We did dumb shit like weighing pumpkins. The, the, the grossest thing we did was dissecting a cow's heart. And that's why Canada's education system is better than ours. <laughs> All right. Touche. So the next scene is the debate. <laughs> Strangely needs another beer just for this scene. Exclusively. Uh, they, we moved on to the debate uh, between the three kids who are uh, running, who are Miles, Tristan, and Goldie. Goldie. A lot of kids on the show with uh, with names that might be nicknames. Uh, Zig, Tiny, and Goldie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, they're having a debate in this auditorium where there's like a giant screen behind them that shows like a fucking headshot of the person who's talking. How much money does this school have? A lot, apparently. Yeah. So we, I mean, it only seems to have a student body of like 100 people yeah, as well. There weren't that many people in that no. auditorium either. Yeah, no. it was like relatively small. It was not like the entire school was there. Um, we come into the scene with Goldie like ending what seems to be the end of a speech. Yes. Rather than debate. Um, where she talks about, she's talking about like what she wants to accomplish or whatever. Um, and then the... Principal goes, okay, we're moving on to questions. Their first question is, how would you describe yourself as student council president in two words? And he goes to Tristan first. And Tristan says, oh, I think I'd be a good president because I'm fun and friendly or something like that. Yeah. Or approachable. Fun and approachable, maybe. Something like that, yeah. Kind of highlighting that he's a friend. Yeah. His whole campaign. He's, he's, He's on brand. Yeah. Then they move on to Miles, and Miles says, I wish I'd written down the exact two words, but he says something like, I'm honest and reliable. Mm -hmm. And Tristan says, not at all under his breath, like, I'd love to see that, or something like that. He makes some snide comment. And Miles, instead of ignoring it, goes, excuse me, Tristan? Did you say something, or whatever? And he's like, oh, I just... Principal's like, excuse me, boys? Like, you're trying to do a thing here. And... He's like, uh, Tristan, did you have something to say? And Tristan goes, I just wanted to him to elaborate on that point. And I'm like, we're doing questions, like pretty straightforward. Use two words to describe yourself. This is not a point where you ask your, I just like my opponent to elaborate on that point. Uh, yeah. And Miles says, well, I'm just very honest. You know, what you see is what you get. And it's just, obviously it's nonsense compared to what has just happened to them. And then Tristan says something catty and Miles says something catty back. And I didn't write all the dialogue down because it's dumb. And they basically are just having like a cat fight in the middle of the debate. And Goldie is like, what is happening? Yeah, Goldie's I... like, I am trying to be civically minded. I... Politician someday or something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't, why is this happening? Why are these boys fighting? Finally, the teacher like gets a hold of them and goes, Goldie, your turn. And she goes, uh, what was the question again? She's just lost. And I felt for her. Oh. Poor fucking girl. Uh, we then go to the music room. Maya comes in and finds Zig waiting for her there. She's she's putting into motion her plan to sort of stroke his ego and kind of... Hey, baby, has the best boyfriend ever? Or yeah. whatever. And like slinks up to him and kisses him. And, and is like, you know how you're the best cook ever? Well, I found you a job as a line chef so you can show the world how good you are at cooking or something yeah. like that. Which, like, what? <laughs> he immediately realizes. I mean, this guy way is... way too much perception for the this, character. This guy is dumb as a sack of rocks. Like... Yeah. And even he gets it. He's like, hey. Well, 
well, at least he got it. But I'm like, I can't even give the character credit because it's so out of character for his character. Yeah. This is the guy whose first line in the episode was, you have pretty lips. Yeah. Like, suddenly he's super perceptive. Oh. And he's like, you're just doing that. To spend time with that Jonah guy. Yeah. And instead of her responding like, it's not about me wanting to spend time with Jonah. It's about him being a good guitarist and I want him to be in my band. Yeah. And I love you and you're my boyfriend. But, you know, she could find a nice way to say it. Yeah. She just says like... You play acoustic guitar. He plays electric yeah. guitar. It's a different skill set. And that's the sound I want from my band. I still love you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Instead, she goes... Well, Jonah can get me the sound that I want. Which, to a guy who already sees this guy as a threat, yeah. telling him, well, he can give me something you can't, is not the right response, Blondie. Like, that is not solving your problem. You have just escalated the situation. And then she's like, but I'm your boyfriend. Yeah. And she says, that doesn't make you good at guitar. What? Got him. <laughs> You said that's the worst way you could have delivered that information possible. Congratulations. Oh. I mean, it's true, but damn, girl. Well, during the conversation between her and the vaguely goth girl, yeah. she says, how do I tell Zig that I that he's just not good enough at guitar or something like that? And goth girl jokingly says, well, don't put it in those words or don't say that to him. And they're kind of, of course I wouldn't say that to him. And then she basically says that. Yeah. So then he asks her if music is more important than him. And, and she she's basically like, is like, yeah. yeah. Which again, they keep harping on this idea of her having to choose between them. No one addresses or suggests the idea that she shouldn't have to choose between the two of them. Yeah. He should just respect that music is very important to her. It'd be like, like and it, music is a different thing than dating someone. Uh. It's not an, an either or proposition. You don't, uh, you can either be a musician or have a boyfriend. Can't be both. And then uh, in, in these, in these oh. notes, Sarah has put all in caps, out of nowhere. He says, you never have time for him anymore. And then immediately escalates to, you never want to have sex. She seems immediately uncomfortable. And yeah. Says, she says, I don't not want to have sex. And I'm like, oh shit. I don't know if this is just bad writing that I'm reading too much into because she seemed pretty excited about smooching him in every other scene. But immediately you get this, like he's been pressuring her vibe, which it's way too late in the episode to introduce that. So maybe that was accidental. Maybe yeah. they didn't mean to introduce that. But what? like out of nowhere, he just, he doesn't say, you don't have time for me. He says, you never want to have sex. And I'm like, whoa, buddy. This whole scene like felt to me like something you would see like two 40 year old characters who've been married for 20 years, like having yeah. this argument yeah. of like, is your music more important than this family? Yeah. Well, how would you know? You never come to bed. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're Southern for some reason too. I was, I was thinking of uh, the Johnny Cash movie or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Y'all can't walk no line. Yeah. Like that kind of like it, but it feels like that kind of yeah. exchange. And I'm like, these are children. Yeah, clearly the 40-year-old men writing the show have no idea what teenagers in a relationship talk like. They have long forgotten what it was like to be a, to date someone in high school. Thank Thankfully, God the band, the band comes in. <laughs> oh, we God. both had the same thought there. It was just like Ooh. I was like, please, literally anything happen. I am I'm drowning in the awkward gookiness of this. But despite the fact that he just introduced this like Okay, so we've got bigger issues here than just the music. Despite that, she says, well, can we talk about this later? And he goes, yeah. Yeah, we can. On one hand, 
I was thinking, well, at least he agreed to them talking about it later instead of storming off, which is what I would expect from yeah, this that... character. But it didn't feel like showing depth to the character actually felt like out of character for him. It seems like he should have been like, can we talk about this later? And he should have been like, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't talk about anything ever again. Maybe yeah. we should break up and storm off and then the next episode can be about them getting back this... together. But instead, they're like, he's like, yeah, yeah. This was another one of those... Later like things like the sudden reversal of finding out miles is manipulative where it's like, Oh, maybe I was supposed to think he wasn't so bad all this time. And yeah. like, wait, yeah. Where miles was actually like kind of a cool guy until the second he was garbage. Yeah. Zig was garbage until suddenly he was an okay guy. Like what? That's not good writing when you make someone seem one way and then, Oh, what a twist. They are something different. Oh, almost covered my microphone and beer. Oh, <laughs> sorry. No, it's all right. Um, and then they start practicing a song, and she's like, "Oh God!" Singing it at Zig, like looking at him, like, "Hey, I." The song's all about like a boy or something. And she's singing the song you. to him. Yeah, and he's standing there outside the music room, looking at her through the window, smiling. Like, and can he hear her out there? My I, girlfriend. That so was cute. unclear. Like they had this cute moment where they're making eye contact and smiling at each other, which like. You were just having a very intense and weird fucked up fight. But here's the thing that really infuriates me about that scene. I have to address the music thing again. Friends, I don't know if you've ever been in a band who had a practice, but I'm going to tell you how it doesn't happen. Everyone walks into the room. Their instruments are already set up and tuned perfectly. And they all start playing the same song at the same time without using any words to convey what they're about to do or counting off because being in a band is like magic. I At cannot. least have somebody count off. What are you... That's not how music works. Oh, it's infuriating. There's so much wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey bullshit going on in this episode. Even, it doesn't even deserve that phrase. <laughs> all right. And then they're smiling at each other. And in my notes, I wrote in all caps, No, do not smile. Break up. You should break up. All right. I think I think we've discovered why people love the show so much, though. Like, it has clearly engendered a lot of feelings in both of us. And... Uh, speaking of feelings, Tristan is sitting on the bathroom floor being comforted by another brunette. brunette. Excuse me. Excuse me. Washroom. This is Canada. <laughs> he asks, tell me, how bad is it? And she's like looking at her phone and she says, basically, Milligan Meltdown is melt is basically Milligan Meltdown is trending worldwide. And I went, is his last name Milligan? I don't think they've established that in the show yet. Seconds later, we get an announcement. The principal says, I'm now announcing the winners. Minutes after the debate? It took like two days for them to tally how, the votes How long has school. he been in that bathroom? <laughs> maybe he's been in there for... Although maybe kids were like voting on their phones or something. Maybe it's yeah. instantaneous. This is Degrassi to, High. We had to vote on paper when I was in high school. How, how long did it take to poll all 50 students? <laughs> I, I thought Goldie was going to win. Yeah, I thought everybody was going to be done with their bullshit, and I they, thought Goldie I was thought going to win. I thought it was going to be hilarious, because they were going to go, oh, what are we going to, what's going to happen? Before the debate, he actually suggested, maybe I'll throw the debate. Maybe I'll let Miles win, because if I get second place, I can be his VP. I can be the Biden to his Obama. And Brunette Friend goes, you know they're not dating, right? <laughs> Which I actually enjoyed. But it's like, now they're acting as if, oh, well, now what's going to happen? If he wins, I have to play second fiddle to him. But if I win, he'll be my VP and we'll have to work together all year. And Ugh. like, they're acting as if there's no chance that Goldie will win. So I was like, this is what's going to happen. Goldie will win. And they'll go, oh, duh. 
we forgot there was a girl in the scene. Yeah. But unfortunately, it couldn't be that cool. Um, Miles wins. Tristan is his VP. Goldie then enters and goes, this is the girl's washroom. He completely ignores her. Yeah. He does not even respond. He just keeps talking about, ugh, this is horrible. Now I have to work with him all year. Ugh, this sucks. And I have to play second fiddle to my gross ex-boyfriend. Goldie, understandably, gets furious and says, I'm the only one who ran an actual campaign. Don't complain that you won. Between you two ruining the debate with your overshares and Miles' pool party, which totally violated the spending limits, this campaign was a mockery. And she's genuinely upset. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Goldie. You're the only person in the school who seems to actually be, like, connected to reality. Headcanon. Goldie uh, accidentally transferred into this TV universe from the real world. She's the only person who's like a real human being in this whole show. Headcanon accepted. And then Tristan goes, you know what? You're right. And I thought, oh, well, at least he admitted she was right. But of course, we're just setting up some bullshit for later. But first, we have to wrap up the B plot. Yes, the butt plot. (laughs) I wish I had done that on purpose. I've been waiting for you to tee that up. Really? For the entire recording of this. Oh, thank God that actually happened. You're welcome. Oh. Uh, so Shay is walking down the hallway and she's wearing like an awkward pair of gym shorts that clearly were what the school had in the lost and found to give her after, after her encounter with the Dilophosaurus in chemistry (laughs) class. Uh, and she sees, uh, Lola and it's just like, Lola, hashtag WTF. Yeah. Uh, this is, she says something about like, this is all your fault. I wouldn't have. And, and Lola's like, hey, you should be thanking me for your butt not being covered in third degree burns. It's like, yeah. I, I was, I knew I was going to save you from having corrosive chemicals spilled on your butt by making you feel insecure about your butt. No, Lola, you don't yeah. get to take credit no. for this. Tiny appears and he's like, how's your butt? Which is a reasonable thing to ask someone of someone that you care about. had chemicals put yeah. on their butt. And she gets all defensive and she's like, don't make fun of me. And it's your fault that, you yeah. know, I'm in this position. Cause, no, cause, I only did it because Because you, you saw, saw that, that picture. picture. Yeah. And then he says, what picture? And she says the... The, the one on Lola's... Vostagram. And he goes, oh, I don't follow Lola. And she's like, oh. He's like, I like you because you're smart. I can't remember what he says. Because she does not... Amazingly, he never finds out the whole thing yeah. about the butt photo. I thought it was all going to be revealed in the end. But no, he just goes... I wanted you to be my lab partner because you're the smartest girl in class or something. Aww. He like takes her hand in the super yeah. awkward way. But, yeah, oh, yeah. he likes her. But, he really um, likes her because she's smart. What a twist. She's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, we'll see you tomorrow. And he leaves. Yeah. And Lola and Sad Brunette come up. And then. Are like, oh, it all worked out or whatever. And she's like, oh, he liked me because I'm smart. Yay. And then is it Sad Brunette or Lola? One of them says. Sad are brains the new butts? Yeah, she sounds actually concerned. The, the implication being, oh, I missed my window because I have a butt but no brain. Lola, you are awful, but like, have some self-respect. Then Shay says, celebratory froyo? And Sabrinette's like, oh, you guys go without me. I'll catch up later. And then she just leans against a wall and looks sad. And we're like, oh, sad brunette. We for- almost forgot that you had gotten dumped over the summer and are sad, and now one of your friends has a boy, and you're sad even more. Can't be happy for your friends. Uh, so then the... We move on to the final. 
The denouement. No, it's not even the denouement. This show has no denouement. I know. We end just... on the dramatic conclusion. No denouement in Degrassi-verse. There's no denouement in Degrassi. Excuse me, it's Degrassi. <laughs> Degrassi. But anyway, we move on to the next scene where Miles is just being... Miles has transformed. Now that he has been revealed as the evil character, he is ex is exuding evilness with every line. It's like he made the complete transformation. He's like, "My welcome to my well, <laughs> thanks for thanks for voting for me." <laughs> to this group of people, it's unclear who the people Student are. Student council, his cabinet. Yeah, but it, like no one. The board were, of directors of never, Miles LLC. They never mentioned anybody running for treasurer or, or anything else. No. I, but Maybe like, he picks them? But all of a sudden there's a group full of people. He's like, well, thanks for voting for me. <laughs> He's just playing a politician all of a sudden. That's yeah. really gross and obvious it's, and too on it's the nose. It's exactly like the scene at the end of the first Left Behind movie where the, the Antichrist is walking around the table, <laughs> tapping everyone on the shoulder, and they're changing from color video to black and white. It's it's that scene. I, I know it's a really deep cut. Are you admitting on a recording to having watched Left Behind? Yeah. Okay. Not on, I mean, it wasn't my choice, but it was what all the other homeschool kids were doing that night. So oh, that's what okay. we did. I'm sorry. I forget sometimes yeah. that you have a past. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the teacher approaches Miles and confronts him about the fact that he threw this pool party. And he says, the spending limit was $100. And he shows a tablet or something and he's like showing, he saw the pictures on social media and he's like, from the pictures, you spent that on food and drink alone. Miles has nothing prepared in response. He does not have an excuse or a defense. He actually seems surprised to have been called on this and goes, all he says in his defense is, that's a load of crap. <laughs> or something. He's like... And the teacher says, I'm sorry, you broke the rules. I have to disqualify you, which is reasonable. Yeah. He not only broke the rules, he really broke the rules. He probably, he, he's, he, he could have easily dropped a grand on that pool party from what it looked like. Yeah, it was like full on CW pool party. Yeah, I think there was a DJ. So uh, he runs into Tristan. DJs are not cheap, strangely. I, yeah, I, 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 I've never hired a DJ. <laughs> so then the teacher walks away and immediately Miles sees Tristan. And is like, you did this. You're pathetic. And Tristan reasonably says, I'm not the one who cheated. Although I think that was supposed to be a double line implying Ooh, that Miles cheated on Tristan. I didn't catch that clever double entendre. They might not be that clever. I don't want to give him too much credit. And then this is like, all of a sudden we veer into full on like Dallas territory. Because then, yeah. then Miles oh, is like, Miles. I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. And he like, says tears forming in Miles' eyes. All of a sudden he remembers how to act. And he's like, you know what? It's too bad. Because I wasn't over you. Yeah. But I sure am now. And walks away. And we see Tristan, tears in his eyes, lower lip quivering. And i that was the moment, unfortunately, where I went, he looks like a ventriloquist dummy. That's what's upsetting me about him. That was the moment I figured out why he looked so weird. I get not being over someone in the sense that they still have sway over you. You still have an emotional reaction to being around them. And then there's not being over someone where you won't admit that you don't have a chance with them that you shouldn't be with them anymore. Yeah. And it's like, 
He's crying like he thought they really were going to get back together. Which at this point he should have probably, even if he's still emotionally affected by it, I don't know. I, yeah, just just take your crocodile tears out of here, Miles. Uh, Miles veered between acting like a reasonable person slash being really good at pretending to be a good person and acting like a cartoonish villain. So it's hard to tell what his character's actually supposed to be. I have no idea. Credits. Cliffs and ships, which is where we normally would talk about characters that we want to see get together, our predictions for the cliffhangers at the end of seasons, I, yeah. general predictions for the show. And to be honest... I, none of these people should be together. <laughs> none of these people should get together. I want everyone who's together to break up. I want Goldie to es- escape this matrix and go back to the real world. The only thing that I kind of hope is that it turns out that uh, goth girl and brunette friend were in a relationship. Because if they didn't mean for that awkward moment between them to have sexual tension, they failed. Yeah, and I think like cliffhanger at the end of season one, Miles and Tristan like pointing guns at each other on a rooftop with doves <laughs> flying around standoff. and shit like that. Yeah, Mexican yeah. standoff. I honestly, I have no idea where this is going. I, they left so many threads open. Like, why is Sad Brunette really sad? I guess we did, we do know that, but like, but, does she have more going on or whatever? Um, or did what's the, actor the deal who, with yeah. Goth and Brunette friend? We uh, there's they left some threads, but nothing that I'm. Nothing that I really care about, I guess, is the thing. Yeah. A lot of times I'm like, I'd like to see this happen. I would like to see nothing on this show if you don't want to watch it. Which brings us to final verdict. Did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? No. Not for me. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't want to watch it because I personally didn't enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we've made it pretty clear we both are in that boat at this point. But also, just looking at it less emotionally from a pilot standpoint, they didn't do a very good job of establishing these characters to make us want to see more of them. No. Everybody was all over the place. Is Zig understanding and caring, or is he manipulative and sex-obsessed? Is Miles... uh, Does Miles have problems at home and needs to be loved to understand a community, or is he a cartoonish villain? It felt like we were dropped into a random episode in the middle of an ongoing show, which knowing that they had ported over a bunch of characters from a previous incarnation of Degraget makes sense. However, if you're going to do that, you got to set it up for the new viewers, especially since the next generation, first of all, ran for apparently 14 seasons Yes, and is not on Netflix. And Netflix was making this as a Netflix show. So you think Netflix, Netflix would have been like, all right, we can bring people over from the previous show. We can establish stuff. But we got to really hit hard at reestablishing these characters for the new viewers who will only be seeing it on our platform. But they did not do that. Yeah. As far as final verdict, I just want to add, this is a, a no for me. But I could foresee a situation where I invited a bunch of friends over and we consumed a lot of alcohol and watched the show in that in like a sports event kind of way. I feel that way about certain shows. Not about this one. I don't, I wouldn't wish this show on anybody. Well, I will let you know how it goes when I have that party. Yeah, please do. Do not invite me. I will not attend. We're cracking open some cold ones on the podcast. Oh my God, everybody. That was Degrassi Next Class. Absolutely nothing that we were expecting. Thank you so much for riding that roller coaster with us. And you know what? Hey, uh, Degrassi gets uh, the distinction of being the first episode where our general reaction to it was not, that was better than we expected. 
So now we have a, uh, what would you call it? A uh, We have a, a spectrum of opinions on shows. Yeah. I was starting to worry that we were going to react to every single show with, well, that was better than I expected, and that would just be kind of boring. <laughs> Thanks, Degrassi, for saving us from that. It's no NCIS, I'll tell you that. No wooden boats, no fake presidents. Thanks so much for listening to us. Actually, it's your turn to do these bits. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Pilot House Pod. You can check out our website, pilothousepodcast.com. Uh, we're also on Instagram at Pilot House Pod. Oh, and we're on Facebook. Just search Pilot House Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on there too if you want. And please like, share, and subscribe. Oh, and review us on the iTunes yeah, app. Yeah, it would be super cool if you reviewed us. I've heard other podcasts say that reviews are really helpful for finding new viewers, so I assume that's true. But also, it would just you know be nice to hear what people think. <laughs> we are we are not above uh, wanting other people to say nice things about. I'm us. a Super Mario sixty four fan. I want to collect all the stars. That's that's a thing for me. We'll see you in two weeks when we will be discussing the pilot from the CW's show. Arrow. Very excited to delve into the the DC TV verse. All right, that's it. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye. It's time for alcohol on the podcast. We just watched Degrassi. It was not what we expected. So we're cracking open some cold ones on the podcast. And hopefully we'll get through this alive. I'm so upset looking at my notes. Oh, boy. Oh, we're going to make it. We're going to make it through this episode if it kills us. If it kills us. We are going to make it. Remember when I was like, oh, it's going to be so nice to just watch like a, just a 22 minute lighthearted episode, some fun with some teenagers and high school having some drama. It's going to be so relaxing compared to Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs>